Hello, my name is Andy Staples, and I'm the Director of Research and Outreach at the Heinrich Foundation. Delighted to be joined today by Stuart Patterson, who's a research fellow at the Heinrich Foundation. Uh, Stuart, thanks for joining me. Um, delighted to have you here because you've just published a new article looking at US-China economic decoupling. Could you take us through the key findings of that paper? Uh, yes, thank you, Andy. Um, the, the paper really is in, in two parts. The first is reviewing how far we have come in the decoupling process. Um, and the second is looking at um, the motivations and likely scope of escalation of the sort of geoeconomic rivalry that we're seeing between the two uh, uh, largest economies in the world. So, so on the first point in terms of how far we have come, I look at this primarily through trade um, and foreign direct investment. And really the, the conclusions are that we've seen uh, a, a really quite dramatic drop in bilateral trade between the two powers. Um, and this was uh, very evident even before COVID. So really between the um, implementation of uh, the first tariffs um, and the end of uh, 2019, uh, we saw bilateral trade drop by about 16% from uh, a peak of about uh, $670 billion to about $550 billion. Um, since COVID, obviously, um, all economic data has been uh, so heavily distorted by the fallout from the pandemic uh, that it makes it very difficult to uh, disambiguate the, the the various impacts. But trade has continued to shrink between China and the United States, and it's now off by about a quarter um, since uh, its peak. Um, in terms of foreign direct investment, um, the, the point the paper makes really is that uh, this has always been a very asymmetric relationship in, in all fields, but particularly in FDI. And one of the issues with foreign direct investment um, has been the differing motives that uh, some people would hold up uh, uh, FDI into China from American companies as being in some way a measure of the decoupling. But what we have to bear in mind is that American companies are largely investing in China to access the domestic market now, which is a, a very different scenario from, from previously when they were investing to avail themselves of uh, a, a labor arbitrage and export out of China. Um, and, and so it's not necessarily the best measure. And FDI into China anyway has remained pretty constant in a range of about 12 to $15 billion out of the US uh, uh, over the last decade or so. Um, and we remain in that in that range. Chinese FDI into the United States, however, um, is really aimed at two things. Either it has regime sanction with it and it's aimed at acquiring technology and know-how, or it is, um, uh, if you like, uh, capital flight uh, looking to buy trophy assets. And that's what we saw in 2016. Obviously, since the peak in 2016, Chinese FDI into America has collapsed and it's mm. now best described as negligible. So that, that, that's the first part, if you like, how far we've come. One of the sort of opening statements you have is, is that the policy aim, US policy aim, seems to have morphed somewhat. Could, could you take us through that concept? How has it changed? In what way? Yeah, so so I think that the initial tariffs uh, were really about drawing attention to the asymmetry of the relationship, um, uh, the inequity of it in, in the view of the United States, uh, and bringing China to a negotiating table to try and negotiate uh, a more equitable, deep economic relationship. 
I think that the phase one deal was a fudge um, and that what it illustrated was that such a compromise was unattainable, that um, China um, uh, is not prepared to let let go of control of the commanding heights of its economy, which is what was required for an equitable deal. Therefore, U.S. strategy has really morphed into one of more uh, more along the lines of containment. And that requires a much broader field of um, uh, com conflict, if you like, in the economic sense. Yeah. You, you also in the paper uh, go on to talk about capital markets and, uh, and payment systems as well. This is very topical, of course, access to the U.S. Do uh, denominated um, capital markets and payments infrastructure is becoming a key issue. How does that fit into this, uh, this article? Well, well, I think China's strategy is a, is twofold. One is to raise the cost of of economic policy aimed at resisting China's rise. The other uh, other strategy is to immunise itself against sanction. And the internationalisation of the RMB and the digital yuan is all about trying to reduce the power that the United States has over um, other countries. Um, uh, by with the potential to cut them out of the the uh, U.S. dollar settlement system. Great. So uh, we're just about to wrap up, um, Stuart, and I should uh, mention to everybody that the paper is available on the HeinrichFoundation.com website. Um, finally, thank you very much for for your time today. And what's next uh, in in your thinking? I think we have to look at the way the United States builds alliances um, in its um, to, to achieve its strategic objective. And that's something that we'll look at in the next paper. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you, Andy.